This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to the Knowledge of Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge of Wharton website. And we're here today to talk about something you've probably heard about if you work in an office, which is the phrase, we don't do things like that here, or this is the way we've always done it. And that might be a minor annoyance to your average employee, your average person sitting in a desk, but it can act, but it can have serious implications for companies. And we have Wharton management professor Laura Huang here today to talk to us about the implications it can have for innovation. Laura, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Now, your research is about, it looks at something that you call traditionalism. So could you define that? Define that for us. What does that mean? Yeah, traditionalism is a lot of what you've already kind of given us a preview of. It's really... Um, um, people who tend to want to do things the way that things, things have always been done, right? So it's this tendency to say, um, why why fix something that's not broken? Why should we not do things if it's worked in the past? Why shouldn't we keep doing it this way? And so traditionalism is a tendency to, to really want to do things like in the old ways, in the ways that things have always been done traditionally. And what you're looking at here is traditionalism as it applies to team dynamics when those teams are trying to innovate. And tell us a little bit, like, what inspired this research? Yeah, so traditionalism is actually not just a quality of individuals, but it's also a cultural value, right? So some cultures are more likely to want to preserve the old ways of doing things. Some cultures are much more likely to be innovative and want to be trying out new things. Um, and so one thing we were looking at was just from a cultural perspective, uh, are there certain types of people, certain types of cultures that are more likely to want to preserve these old ways of doing things? And now that we're in an era where innovation and technology and new ways of doing things are so uh, are given so much credence, uh, we wanted to see whether or not teams that were tasked with innovation types of uh, exercises, innovation types of uh, goals, whether or not uh, traditionalism and team team dynamics would impact how innovative they actually could be. Now, one thing I thought was interesting when reading the research, when I first thought traditionalism, the thing that came to my mind was someone who has been there forever, like someone who's deeply entrenched in a company. But what you show in the paper, it's not necessarily how long you've been there. It's more of a mindset. It's a way of thinking about things. That's right. I mean, it's certainly it's certainly the case that uh, those who are in organizations for a really long time may be those who want to preserve the old ways of doing things. But it's not necessarily the case that it's always like that. Um, there are definitely individuals who just feel more comfortable with not changing things all the time. And there's other individuals who every day have a new idea or want to try and, and, and change the way that things are done. And so uh, when we think about innovation, we tend to think about it as wanting to do things in a different way. Uh, but what we found was that there's actually a more complicated relationship between traditionalism and innovation. And now you actually break innovation down into two separate parts for this research. So you're looking at idea generation, but also implementation. So can you talk to us a little bit about the difference between those and how traditionalism impacts them? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the more interesting parts of, of this research, which is that we tend to think of innovation as one big bucket of things. Uh, but in fact, the skills that are required to generate ideas and generate novel and new ideas are very, very different from the skill sets that are needed to see, is this idea a useful one? Can we actually implement this? Can we actually execute this? And so when we 
lump them together, we may be missing out on ideas that that are truly innovative. Um, We may be coming up with ideas that are radical and novel, but don't actually go anywhere because we haven't thought about how to implement them. Or we may be missing out on some really cutting edge stuff because we're thinking too hard about uh, the actual execution and the practicalities of taking that idea forward. Uh, And so in this research, we break the two apart, um, just as lots of scholars have done to kind of understand what innovation is really about. Um, And we find that traditionalism actually helps in some instances, uh, and it hurts in other instances based on what type of innovation you're trying to bring forward. And now you tested this both in a company in the aerospace industry and also among MBA students. Now, once you got those two groups together in their separate field studies, like what did you find when they started working on their projects? Yeah, what we found was really um, that innovation in terms of idea generation, um, diversity diversity as we as we know it is a great thing in terms of generating ideas having lots of different perspectives lots of different opinions people drawing from diverse experiences diverse functions things that they've done um, but in terms of idea implementation, um, that sort of functional diversity and experience-based diversity is not always necessarily going to be an asset uh, because in terms of implementing something, things are things need to move rapidly sometimes and we need to take things forward and we don't necessarily need lots of opinions in order to take something from point A to point B. Uh, so in terms of traditionalism, um, it can actually be an asset in terms of uh, implementing ideas in terms of thinking about how diverse do we want teams to be in terms of this sort of thought process. Uh, And so I think that's the main finding is to to think about what type of innovation you're trying to bring forward and whether you want average, high average levels of diversity or if you want, you know, variance in terms of diversity that you're 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 looking to bring into the team. Now, you because you pointed out something in this research that I did not know, which is that a lot of times when innovation fails, that it's often because of a team dynamic issue, which is something that really has nothing to do with the idea. It's everything to do with the people. Absolutely. Um, 65% of of startups or ventures um, on average are failing because of people-based issues, right? So in a business school environment, we spend a lot of time talking about marketing and strategy and financials and accounting. But Two-thirds of the reasons why companies fail uh, are because of team dynamics and people issues and power and status issues and uh, all of the things that have to do with the the people uh, rather than the product or the market or the financials. So when it comes to traditionalism, I mean, should companies start testing people's traditionalism in the way that maybe you did in the study? I mean, is that even possible? And if not, what else could they do? I think it's more about getting a sense for who your employees are and their own individual differences. Um, So traditionalism is certainly an important one, specifically as it relates to innovation, uh, because of this focus on new versus old and how can we uh, rejigger the old to form something new. It becomes a quality that's specifically important. But I think in general, when we are forming teams, thinking about what is the outcome that we want to take out of this team? What is the outcome that we're expecting this team to produce? Um, And doing our best to the extent that it's possible to form these teams based on those skill sets and thinking about might this be an instance where diversity of thought is important versus might it be an instance where diversity is not important? Now, this isn't to say that 
diversity in terms of gender or race, ethnicity, um, those things really we sometimes tend to confound with diversity of thought, right? And so it may always be good to have diversity in terms of gender and in terms of race, race ethnicity and those sorts of things. But, um, you know, it's we sometimes lose uh, the fact that diversity in terms of those those attributes, um, the importance of that is because of the differences in viewpoints and thoughts and experiences. And so rather than putting a single-handed label on something, um, it's, it's clear that we could have lots of diversity from a team uh, just that's all females, for example, or lots of diversity from a team that's all male, for example, and really trying to link what those business objectives are to how how is diversity Uh, helping us? How is diversity allowing us to go forward with this? And this makes it really complicated for teams because when you can't just put somebody in one box and you shouldn't put somebody in one box, you've got to consider all of these many things they come that come into play when they're part of a team, which I would think makes it that much harder to form this ideal team that we'd all like to have. Absolutely. Especially in today's day and age where um, teams are always not always they're not always co-located either. Right. So uh, sometimes there's diversity in terms of geographic uh, disparities. And um, and so forming these teams and thinking about these individual issues is also all the more difficult because of these realistic logistical challenges that we face in organizations today. Now, when it comes to traditionalism, I mean, because I think I mean, in an ideal world, I would think it would be great to have you know, one group work on idea generation and one group work on implementation. But if you can't do that, when you're looking at traditionalism, is there a way that maybe you could train people or train everyone to try and maybe think about themselves in terms of this quality and then apply that to hopefully create a better team dynamic? I think so. I think it's making people aware of of these differences. Um, absolutely, we have our strengths and we have our weaknesses, and some people are naturally going to be better at the idea generation piece of it. Some people are naturally going to be better at the idea implementation piece of it. So to the extent possible, um, really taking people, what people are good at, making them great at it is oftentimes a lot more effective than taking people's weaknesses and trying to make them average or good at at something. Um, But there are realistic constraints. And so when we recognize that we're putting these teams together, making sure that we know why everyone is a part of this team, perhaps making sure that people know that, you know, we're bringing you on because we're really hoping that you're going to provide this perspective in terms of generating ideas or bringing somebody else on and saying, you know, we've seen you really succeed in all these other projects where you've really been been able to help us execute and take this idea forward. And we're hoping that you can help us as we're forming these ideas also think about the constraints and the logical ways that we can take this forward. And would there is there also a hiring aspect to this as well? Like if teams are wanting to bring on new people and they know they want to embark on this slate of innovation or they know that this is something that's important to them that they're going to need to do for the company. I guess every company wants to innovate today. I don't think anyone's going to say, no, I don't want to innovate. So can we look at this in terms of hiring and try to ask people certain questions that kind of tease out what part of this they might be good at? Because I'm assuming everybody's good at some part of it. It's not that there's people out there that are so traditional that they can't innovate. Yeah, I think you're touching upon two really important things there. Um, two things. I mean, the first is really that uh, when we when we think about the sort of organizations um, and and what they're trying to produce, yes, everybody wants to be innovative. But the other piece of it is that we also 
as we're trying to be innovative, a lot of these organizations have their bread and butter. They have what they're good at, uh, and they can't necessarily always just innovate and do new things because they have to maintain that base and that core. Um, And so one of the challenges is for a lot of these organizations is how can we continue to maintain our core uh, functionality, our core assets, while still exploring these other areas. Um, the second piece of what you're saying is really around how do you bring people in to support that, not only what we did in the past, as, but also where we're going in the future. And so, you know, that is where diversity does matter. Hiring people that can not only help help us with what our organizations are doing, but also where our organizations are going in the future. And we may not always know where those organizations are going in the future. And sometimes it's too late to bring people in that are just thinking in terms of one frame of mind or one sort of mindset. And so when we do bring people in with diverse experiences, diverse functions, um, they're able to think in different ways that allow us to, you know, as Wayne Gretzky said, you know, skate to where you think the puck is going rather than skating to where the puck is. Um, They can skate to where they think the puck is going. Right. And you've got to build that winning team earlier before you know that you want to win. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what's next for this research? Where are you going with this next? Yeah, I mean, in general, my research looks at perceptions and cues and how people make decisions. And um, one of the and this paper is really taking a look at how this cue, this this aspect of uh, this individual dynamic uh, around traditionalism impacts how we innovate. Uh, So I'm going to continue taking this forward in terms of looking how entrepreneurs and investors think about innovation and their decisions and how there's lots of subtle signals and cues that are driving our decisions outside of just the economic factors. Laura, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. You can find more insights from Wharton faculty, including Laura, on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find more Knowledge of Wharton podcasts on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.